Well, I hope that everybody got your clocks uh, sprung ahead. Spring. In Florida, you don't notice anything changing, do you? I mean, yeah, the mockingbirds are here. That's about it. Usually in Florida, we have uh, four seasons as well. One of them is snowbird season, which uh, we have quite a few of those. And then we have uh, rainy season. And then we have a little thing called hurricane season. And uh, we, didn't, uh, we didn't miss that one uh, this time ahead. Well, spending most of my life in the Midwest, spring usually meant more than just turning your clocks ahead. It was planting time. Fields were being prepared. Seed corn was being purchased. And uh, all of these things were a sign of spring. Well, today in our understanding of Luke chapter 8 in our series of Footsteps of Jesus, we find that Jesus is telling a parable in verses 5 through 15. And it's a parable about a sower, but it's mostly about the different kinds of soil that the seed of God's word falls on. And of course, they represent various ways people hear and receive God's word. If you turn to Luke chapter 8 or follow on the screen, I'm going to read verses 5 through 15 this morning. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, he who has ears, let him hear. Then, he, then his disciples asked him, saying, what does this parable mean? And he said, to you it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard... Go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the ground, good ground, are those who, after hearing the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your precious word. I pray that today, Lord, as the seed of God's word is falling out. I pray that it would fall on some good ground today. May it cause fruit to grow in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, first century Israel, planning time was not like the planning time that we have today. My son-in-law up in Indiana works at a Massey Ferguson dealership. There was no Massey Ferguson tractors or even John Deere or International Harvester or anything like that in Jesus' day. 
The fields were long, narrow strips marked off and surrounded by footpaths. There, there were no fences. There was no hedges. A planter, who was called in this passage of Scripture, a sower, would have a seed bag draped around his shoulder, and he would just reach his hand in his bag, and as carefully as he could, he would just throw the seed on the ground and try to make sure that it was evenly as possible distributed. But that's how it was. It covered large areas of ground as widely as possible. And Jesus used this common picture to to explain that there are four different kinds of soil or hearts that receive the word of God. And the first kind that he points out to us was called the wayside soil there in those verses. Now the wayside refers to those well-trodden paths that separated the fields. Now, if you had a piece of ground and if it was unplowed there in Palestine, the climate would cause the ground to be as hard as concrete. And the seed that landed there had no hope of penetrating that hard layer of the footpath. It would just lie there and be trampled or as the birds would come along, they would just eat it up before it had any chance of getting into the ground. It had no chance to sprout. Now, uh, notice in this type of soil that the seed is good. In verse 11, it says the seed is the word of God. It's the message of how to enter into the kingdom of God. It's the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, how a person can be saved and how it can grow and have a new life in Jesus Christ. It's the message that was preached in the Old Testament and the New Testament, the seed of God's message of how to know him and love him and be saved. The Bible says in John chapter 6, it is called living seed. In Romans 1.16, it is the powerful seed. And in 1 Peter, it's called the incorruptible seed. And also it is called the precious seed. As the, the sower would get a handful of that precious seed, some of it would fall on the hard wayside soil. The ground of that was hard. Jesus had to deal with a group of religious people called the Pharisees many times. And the Pharisees had a hard heart. They had, they had the very Son of God right in front of them. And he spoke to them. And their heart did not receive his message. They actually witnessed Jesus performing miracles. They saw him raising people from the dead. And it still did not penetrate their hard heart at all. How in the world can someone see the Son of God right in front of them and still not respond? Well, I want to tell you that the seed of God's Word falls on hard hearts today. Sometimes hard hearts happen from people who grow up in a religious system that has a little bit of God's truth but denies the power of it. And they hear a little bit and they get inoculated to the truth and they hear this religious humdrum all the time and they've never been born again. Sometimes a hardened heart is caused by people who are consumed in a wicked lifestyle. 
They just pursue their flesh. They pursue what the devil's temptations are. And they live their lives so far away from God that their hearts become hard to the gospel. And you know there's another type of hard soil? It's people that might be sitting in a fundamentalist church as well. They hear the gospel every Sunday. And their heart is so hard. They just, they know even how to say it, but they've never taken that, that seed of God's word and believed in Jesus Christ for themselves. You know, it can also be those who hear the word of God and say something like this, well, I've got plenty of time. I'll get around to it someday. Well, you know what happens when the seed falls on the hard ground? It's taken away. The devil knows that the gospel is so powerful that if given enough time, it'll find its way even in that hard heart. So what he'll do is he'll come around and snatch the seed away. It says in verse 12, those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. I see people do that all the time. Present the gospel to them. They'll change the subject. They'll suddenly, I, I remember one time witnessing to somebody uh, in their home and uh, their wife came to church and the guy was lost and I was presenting the gospel. And you know what? He had to go wash the dishes. Only time he's ever washed the dishes is when the preacher came to call and talked to him about Jesus. Oh, wow. You know, God still got to him though. <laughs> and he later got saved. But there's so many things that the devil wants to get that away from you. Get you thinking about something else or, or some distraction or whatever so that the seed doesn't fall onto good ground. I heard a story one time about a park ranger at Yellowstone National Park who was leading a group of hikers to a fire lookout station. And as he was leading this group of hikers, he was telling them about the the flowers and the animals of the thing. And he was going through his spiel. And all of a sudden, he heard a squawk on his uh, two-way radio. And he he didn't want it to be interrupted. So what he did is he got his two-way and turned turned it off. And then he continued talking to the hikers. And when they got up to the fire lookout station, some other fire lookout guy came running up to him out of breath. says, why didn't you respond to your walkie-talkie? He says, well, I turned it off so I could talk. There is a bear, a grizzly bear, stalking your party, and you just tuned it out. There's a lot of people that tune out the good news of the gospel. And the fact that they need to be saved because God's wrath is coming upon them. Oh, my friend, my friend, there's a lot of people that think they've got plenty of time. Plenty of time. I remember working in a pallet factory when I was in college talking to the boss's son. And we stayed over time. And I just had an opportunity to talk to him about the gospel and, and asked him if he'd ever received Christ as a Savior. And he, he did one of these things. I've got plenty of time. He was only 17. He was playing high school baseball. Had, he hadn't lived his life yet. He said, well, when I get older and, you know, and bored and stuff, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. Well, I talked to him a few times, but he was, it was hard ground. And, and uh, I thought, well, hey, maybe God can work in his heart later. And I went into the, my first ministry up in northern Iowa and was listening to the radio. And I heard a story of a, of a young man who who was driving his motorcycle late at night, and he hit a bridge abutment. 
And the young man's name was Tyler Holler. It was the same young man who told me just four years earlier, I've got plenty of time. I want to tell you, my friend, you don't know how much time you have. And the devil is trying to steal the, the, the seed of God's word away from your mind so you will not pay attention and allow it to go in one ear and out the other. Oh, you never know how much time you had. Jesus says, there's some people that are the hard ground. Be careful. Don't let the devil take the seed away. But then he tells us about a second type of soil. It's the rocky soil. In verse 6, it says this. Some of the seed of God's word fell on rock. And as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Now, what in the world is this type of soil? The rocks were not on top of the ground. And it's not soil that had a lot of rocks in it because the plowman would find those rocks and throw them away. But this is the kind of soil that is shallow with a layer of rock below the surface. This soil would warm quickly and plants would sprout up, but it would soon wither and die because the roots could not get to the water. The shoots can grow up, but the roots cannot grow down. And the sun withers the rootless plant. And the sun represents the testings that come to all professing believers to prove their faith. The ground is shallow. These are the emotional hearers that respond. Wow, that sounds like fun. That sounds like great. All these people are happy and joyful. And the music is great. And let's join. They, they are like uh, fans of Jesus. Woohoo! Go team! It's like, uh, you know... Sitting in the stands cheering for your team and you're so excited about it as long as they're on a winning streak. But when they start losing, well, uh, you, start, you don't cheer as loudly. And Jesus had a lot of those people. He had a large crowds that followed him for his miracles and loaves and fishes. But soon walked away from him. The hard rock of an unchanged heart was under that outward show of warmth and interest. They fell away because it wasn't a genuine conversion. They came because of the miracles. They came because of the free bread and the excitement of the moment. And that happens today. They're shallow ground people with an emotional response I was reading about a Billy Graham crusade in 1978, which is probably typical, not just of Billy Graham, but of a lot of other evangelistic groups. It was in 1978, and his meeting was in Singapore, and there was a group of 237 churches that participated in this big 65,000-seat auditorium. And during that meeting through that week, there was 20,000 decisions and 12,400 were first-time decisions for salvation. 49%, about half of those, attended a follow-up class. 1,336 completed the follow-up course. 850 lost interest before they got baptized. And 18 months later, out of those 12,000 that made a profession, 486 continued. Nothing wrong with the seed. Nothing wrong with the gospel. But some people just responded. 
because everybody else is doing it. Oh, it's cool. I'm excited about it. It feels good. It feels good. And then things happen. The growth withers. Why? Because it lacked root. It faded away when tribulation hit, when persecution arrived. Many stumbled. They bailed. The early growth of their profession withered when things got hot, when things were not exciting anymore, when the music died, when the concert group left. They says, well, this is no fun. (laughs) This is not fun. As a matter of fact, it's hard. And people don't accept me with my new faith in the Lord. So the trial, the crowd thins out. And they say, I didn't sign up for this. In India, the Christians have a name for people who make a profession of faith just because they want to receive something from the Western missionaries. They call them rice Christians because they showed up when they were passing out free rice and they'll do anything, you know. Or uh, that, That's an emotional decision that a lot of times happen today as well. As a matter of fact, I remember when I was in Indiana, we had uh, a lot of maple trees around our house. Uh, Sugar maple trees. You know those little propellers, you know, that a lot of them landed in my drain pipe, my drain gutter. And, you know, I have to confess, I'm not really a handy guy. And uh, I didn't clean my gutters. And so those maple leaves landed in there. And there's a bunch of runoff dirt from the roof. And there was a little thin layer of soil there. And they started growing. Those great maple trees in the gutter. I, I felt guilty, you know. And finally, I went up there after, after one season and, and got my hand in all that mucky stuff and cleaned out. But those maple trees never grew any taller than about four or five inches. Why? Because there was no soil. There was no roots growing down. And that's the way a lot of people respond. Oh, yeah, I'll join this. And then they fall away. Jesus mentioned a third type of soil. We got the, the, the soil that fell on the wayside. Then we've got the rocky soil. Now we've got the thorny soil. Verse 7. And some of the seed of God's word fell among thorns. And the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. The thorn roots choked the growth. Now, the Palestinian thorn bushes here, they couldn't, the, the person that was sowing could not see them because the roots were underground. So he didn't have any idea what kind of soil was underneath there. He just sowed the good seed of God's word, and some of it fell on the area of land that had thorn roots that were growing up there. The roots were buried under the ground. It had excellent possibilities for the seed to flourish, but when it began to grow up, the growth was choked by the growth of those thorns. I got a little scab on my my hand today because I was out there pulling uh, the weeds around my bougainvilleas. You ever got into some bougainvilleas without uh, gloves on? Yeah, I got bit by one of them because they, the, the thorn roots there in Palestine would choke out any of the other growth that was there. There was no fruit either. 
These are the ones who made superficial commitments without true repentance. They can't break with a love of money because it was there and the, and the pleasures of the world and the cares and the, and the things that, that you are so uh, preoccupied with. Verse 14 says, Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who when they have heard go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. I think of the guy that Jesus talked to called the rich young ruler. Master, good master, how can I be saved? How can I enter the kingdom? And Jesus knew what kind of thorns he had in his heart. He says, I tell you what you need to do. You go, you sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and then you can come and follow me. He went away sorrowing. Because you see the thorns of all of those things meant more to him than God and more to him than following Jesus. I think of another guy who was probably a thorny soil uh, professor. His name was Judas. Judas made every indication that he was one of the true disciples. But when it came down to it, he sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver, showing there was no reality of true salvation in his heart. 1 John 2 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. There's kinds of soil that fall. The gospel falls on the hard ground that people don't take it in and the devil steals away the soil. Then there's the soil of the shallow ground with the rock. And because they excitedly, emotionally respond, but it's not real. And then the thorns. The things of this world mean more to them than anything else. But there was a fourth kind of soil. Jesus said, It was the good soil. The good soil is fertile. It has been plowed. The seed is able to get deep down into the soil, out of the bird's sight. Its roots will penetrate deeply. Clean soil, free from the weeds. Room for the crop to thrive, and it brings forth fruit. The ground is receptive. It is plowed. It is sensitive. It's made ready. It's tilled by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God makes our hearts ready, prepares us, and brings us to that point. When the seed of God's Word falls into our hearing, it springs up to good growth. It's the mark of authentic faith. It's endure it. It remains. Jesus said, if you abide in my Word, you are my disciples indeed. Temporary faith is not true faith at all. The fruit flourishes. The fruit of a changed life, the fruit of a Christ-like character, serving the Lord, obeying his word, the fruit of a life of prayer. Several years ago, there was an older gentleman and his wife that attended church, Jeff and Isabel Wilkinson. Anybody remember that couple? Just short people. Isabel, (laughs) short people. Sorry. Isabel was a genuine believer, 
And uh, Jeff came, didn't, didn't uh, seem to object to anything at all. But Isabel passed away. And I had, their, I had her funeral. And it just broke Jeff up. It broke him up to the point where he came to see me. Pastor, I've got to talk to you. I just, I just don't know if I'm ready to go to heaven. You see, the life of his wife had plowed the ground in his heart, and he was just ready. And he accepted Christ as his Savior at 97 years old. Jeff Wilkinson began to tithe. Give, and he was getting ready to get baptized at 97, and we couldn't do it because he went home to be with the Lord. But you see, even though for years he thought he was saved, the seed of God's word was plowed by the Holy Spirit and the faithful character of his dear wife, Isabel, and he was ready. And the good ground sprang forth good, good fruit. This parable shows that Jesus was not impressed by the great crowds that followed him. He knew that most of the people did not really hear the word and receive it in their heart. He gave this story to encourage his disciples in their future ministry. As you go out there, you're going to sow the seed of the word of God. Not everybody's going to believe, but there is some that is good ground. So what do we do? Just scatter the seed everywhere. Who knows where the good ground is going to fall? You know, I think that as I've studied this passage I think there's another way we can apply this passage in asking ourselves, what type of heart do we have as believers in Christ? We have accepted him, we know, but there's times, I think, our heart gets hard. Sometimes when we're studying the Bible, we just... It just seems like it just goes in one ear and out the other. Sitting in church, you know, uh, we, we are distracted. We're thinking about lunch. We're thinking about, I got to get to those 120 pieces of cake before anybody else does, you know. And, and sometimes the devil just takes the word away from us when God wants it to grow deep into our soul. Sometimes we're like the, the hard ground. Sometimes we're like the shallow heart. It's very easy to slip into this category. Jesus said, these people receive the word with joy. They react with an emotional acceptance of the word. They hear with joy on Sunday, but then Tuesday comes and they forgot everything that they heard. (laughs) And they're back to their their old grunting and complaining life. And the, the seed was falling on shallow ground. We need to allow it to change us. Sometimes our heart is not... Not just like that shallow ground. Sometimes it's a crowded heart. Jesus talked about the thorns that are just crowding out the word of God. And sometimes we allow things to so crowd our our thinking and our, our being that it crowds out the spiritual growth that wants to grow. Sometimes we're so preoccupied with what's happening in our family or our physical bodies or we're worried about so many things and it just chokes out what God is trying to go. But then there's the teachable heart, the good ground, where we hunger for the word, where we listen. Father, What do you want to speak to my heart today? Chuck Swindell tells a story about an Indian who, with his 
Manhattan friend was walking the streets of Manhattan. And they were walking down with all the horns blaring, all the, the businesses and the people talking. And then he, the, the Indian was walking down and he grabbed his friend's arm and says, Quiet, I hear a cricket. A cricket? You can't hear a cricket and all this noise and the horns and the taxis and everything. Yes, I hear it. And he walked over to a planter next to the building where there was a tree growing. And he looked inside at the soil and he found the cricket. He says, I found the cricket. How in the world did you hear that cricket? It's what you're listening for. And then he said, watch this. The Indian took his hand went into his pocket and he got a handful of coins there in the busy uh, Manhattan streets, dropped this, this handful of coins on the sidewalk and it clinked and everybody that was around listened and looked that way. It's all what you're listening for. I want to tell you the Father wants to speak to your heart through his good seed of the word of God. Are we listening? The seed of God's word is perfect. It doesn't need to be dressed up. It doesn't need to be tweaked or changed. Our job simply is to spread the seed of the gospel widely and God will cause it to fall on some good ground. My friend, have you received that wonderful seed into your heart of the gospel message and been born again? If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want to tell you, God wants the seed to grow in your heart. Don't let the devil use anything, anything, to steal the message from your heart. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I do pray this morning that if there's one here that has never received Jesus Christ, oh God, I pray that the word, oh Lord, would speak to them about their need of Jesus Christ. And God, may they seek me out so I can talk to them about how they too can receive Christ as Savior. And I pray for us as believers every day when we read your word, oh God, may we be like Samuel who said, speak Lord, for your servant is listening. I pray in Jesus' precious name, amen. Let's stand together as we close.